Welcome to the broadcast of Better Together, Democrats and Republicans Who Love America, episode 68. Okay, so we're going to delve, I think, into all things Trump. Before we do that, there's this interesting article called 17 Secrets the FBI Doesn't Want You to Know. which is always like clickbait, but I'm going to, I'm going to bite, see what they say. Uh, 17 secrets the FBI doesn't want you to know. Beth Dreher, Laura Ken, Reader's Digest. You can read Marilyn Monroe's FBI file online, not to mention your own. The Vault, an FBI reading room of more than 6,700 documents, contain details of investigations into Marilyn Monroe, Dick Clark, Joe Paterno, Steve Jobs, and many more famous for everything from music and movies to organized crime. Thanks to the Freedom of Information Act, if you're curious about the dirt the FBI has on you, you'll be able to cross the files. <laughs> I don't know that I want to. No. There are 13 celeb- celebrities you'd never guess had FBI files. Even with no arrest, your fingerprints are probably on file in Clarksburg, West Virginia. If you've ever had your fingerprints taken as part of a background check to, say, get a driver's license or job to buy a gun, the results are likely lived in FBI's Integrated Automated Fingerprint Identification System, IAFIS. This database of more than 100 million fingerprints is located in a huge data campus in Clarksburg, West Virginia, about 250 miles west of the main FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., even with so many on file, according to the FBI, it's a system that can match a set in about 12 minutes. wonder where they would obtain the fingerprints, though. Background check. Oh, from anywhere. License or job. Okay. It's not a deal breaker if an agent has a past history of recreational drugs. Candidates are automatically disqualified if they smoke pot in the last three years or used another illegal drug in the last 10 years. They're also dinged for having worse than 2020 uncorrected vision to become 2200 uncorrected vision to become FBI special agent candidates must be between the ages of 2337 and successfully complete a battery of physical tests including a time 300 meter sprint women must run in less than 65 seconds to qualify men 55 seconds push-ups women must do at least 14 men 30 if they have training like any of the 12 critical skills including accounting finance or law their application will move to the top of the pile Oh, that's if you wanted to work for them. Okay. The criminals on the FBI most wanted list are often chosen based on looks. The most wanted list created by J. Edgar Hoover in 2050 identifies people wanted for kidnapping, murder, theft, and other crimes, according to New York Times. Reporter Michael Schmidt, bureau officials try to select dangerous fugitives who could be recognized by the public because they have distinctive physical features, such as a scar, multiple tattoos, strange shaped face. That makes sense. The FBI didn't go digital until 2012 because of computer coding issues. You may think that the Bureau responsible for national security would use the most sophisticated computers available, but until 2012, the FBI was still using paper files to track cases. Yikes. The group had planned to switch to a new $425 million electronic system in 2009, but there were problems with computer coding. Finally, August 2012, two and a half years late, the $26 million over budget, the country's premier law enforcement agency began to use new machines. They spent a year investing in the song Louie Louie. 
investigating the song Louie Louie. Remember the song Louie Louie? The song was written by Richard Berry in 1955 and later made popular with the Kingsmen and featured in the films American Graffiti and Animal House. It was the subject of an FBI investigation that ran more than two years during the mid-60s, a concern whether the lyrics were dirty and pornographic. Ultimately, after spending countless time and money, the G-Men determined the lyrics were unintelligible. That's so bizarre. They were really suspicious of John Lennon. He was the one you may have heard. 1971, Beatles member John Lennon was placed under surveillance by FBI because he was writing such anti-war songs as Give Peace a Chance. That was like paranoia era. Walt Disney was an informant. From 1940 till death in 1966, Walt Disney served as a secret informant for the L.A. Office of Federal Bureau of Investigation, according to documents that have come to light under Freedom of Information Act. The New York Times reported in 1993, the subject matter was on American activities, and Disney report gave him names of several Hollywood people who were suspected of being communists. He did a good job. He was named full special agent in charge contact in 1954. So was Ronald Reagan. While president of the Screen Actors Guild in 47, Ronald Reagan was a designated source T-10 by the FBI, which meant he was a confidential source with a code named T-10. The New York Times report. Documents obtained through Freedom of Information Act included Reagan and his first wife. Jane Wyman provided federal agents with names of actors they believe were communist sympathizers. It took them a decade to locate Dorothy's ruby slippers. A pair of ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland and Widows of Oz was stolen from Julie Garland Museum in Minnesota in 2005. One of at least four pairs used to film in existence must have been important. It must have took 10 years of searching to actually find Sting Operation FBI to finally locate the purloined pair. They don't always play nicely with the CIA. Among the many controversies related to 911 attacks is the fact that the government doesn't like to admit the CIA doesn't always know how to share with the FBI. It's horrible. We still don't know what happened. Newsweek quotes the FBI's lead counterterrorism agents is saying. I mean, why watch Michael Moore's, you know, Fahrenheit 9-11 and you'll learn a lot. <laughs> he has a lot of footage. They investigated ESP. The FBI once spent time and money investigating extrasensory perception. Information about events beyond what discerned through five senses or deduced from past experience or, techno- or knowledge. Based on concerns, ESP could be used as part of an international spying. The FBI. You might want to revisit that. The FBI spent more than three years looking into the phenomenon before they concluded there was no scientific support for their concerns. Mm-hmm might want to revisit the telepathy perhaps (laughs) for international spying I don't know for points of these autocrats that would use it if you're lying they'll know if one thing FBI agents can tell about you it's when you're lying at least one 23 year old FBI veteran was willing to share with INC her top 8 secret ways to spot liars which you can read here except when they down as bright as air about spotting lawyers and weren't able to discern any one of their own. Field agent Terry Albee had been betraying national security secrets to the Intercept, which bills itself as adversarial journalism. While Albee claimed he was a whistleblower just trying to do the right thing, a judge sentenced him to prison for putting the country's security at risk, according to the New York Times. They're not above the law. In October 2018, FBI employees from a number of offices abroad had their jobs terminated following allegations of misconduct. 
misconduct, including cavorting with prostitutes, reporting clearance jobs, a website that provides information on people whose jobs require security clearance. It was an unavoidable embarrassment, Federal Bureau investigation for U.S. government's clearance jobs. They know the secret to successful negotiations. Ex-FBI negotiator Chris Voss gave the number one secret to getting your way in a negotiation. He told CNBC there's power and patience. You've got to let the other side talk first. You've got to make them feel in control. Knowing your family tree could cost you your privacy. If you've ever had your DNA analyzed by genealogy services, possibly your DNA profile could be used against you in a criminal investigation. That's how the FBI was finally able to solve the cold case of Golden State Killer with the help of DNA results of FBI required from GEDmatch, a Lake Worth, Florida-based genealogy site. That's interesting for that. Okay. Well, now you know. Hunter Biden, okay. Well, before that, Putin will come to... Uh, unpleasant end in one or two ways, former MIC, MI6 head. Zoe Strowski, Newsweek. Vladimir Putin's reign over Russia either and because of his well, and because of his health or intervention of another Russian group. Ex-MI6 chief Sir Richard Dearlove spoke about the longtime Russian leader on an episode of One Decision podcast released on Thursday. He stressed that he does not believe Putin will be able to leave the presidential office and ultimately enjoy a luxurious retirement, despite the massive wealth some believe he's accumulated. Like many great dictators, I just wonder whether he'll ever enjoy the benefits of the fruits of his ill-gotten gains. He's made dreadful mistakes over Ukraine. Would the outcome of that be able to be difficult to predict, but he's going to come out some sort of unpleasant end, Jarlov said of Putin. Rumors he's suffering from poor health. Denied it. It's hard to know that. This is just all speculation. I mean... Okay, that was just more of a nothing article, really. Well, the Republicans seem to be, well, okay, court rejects Democratic appeal to keep Green Party off the ballot. Raleigh, North Carolina. Federal court denied Democrats' latest attempt Thursday to keep the Green Party off the North Carolina ballot, rejecting their appeal of lower court. That's frustrating, only because I was a member of the Green Party. And all it does is split the vote. Which means it just takes votes away from Democrats. And independents usually vote Republican. As far as I know. So um, it's not helpful to have a Green Party anymore. It's not helpful to have an Andrew Yang Party anymore. It's helpful to have a Democratic Party and work through the ever so slow yet plotting, persistent moving of the needle of the Democratic agenda with everyone in the fam. I, too, have at times uh, 
broken out of the Democratic Party and gone to the Green Party and hope that it would be aligned more with my values at certain times. And sure, while it felt good, yeah, while it felt very integrity, you know, I was very, very much in my integrity about it, it didn't help move the needle to the Democratic agenda. It weakened it. It was never a good idea. Third parties are only good if they can be valid contenders, and there just isn't a system in our government set up to really, really make a third party actually impact. So it really just dilutes the other two when we probably need every single voter we can possibly have in the Democratic Party to move the agenda. So I just think, you know, if you're trying to jump on board Andrew Yang or Green Party and feel very self-satisfied about that, you're also not helping the Democratic Party move the needle. And a lot of probably what matters to you, okay? And I don't like it either, but you know what? It is the system we have that's a two-party system in this country. When you can accept that, then we can get more work done, right? Election lies pose physical threat to U.S. poll workers. House Oversight Committee reports that warned that lies and misinformation around 2020 present an ongoing threat to representative democracy, pose a grave physical danger. Well, then let's do everything absentee. I'm over, like, the waiting in line, the standing in line, the absentee, absentee, absentee. Is every state absentee? Does everyone get it in the mail? If so, let's have that be our new voting. Because I don't know that we need all this in-person stuff with, yeah, violence and threats and drama and, you know, voter suppression. You get it in the mail, you can vote in the privacy of your own home. Drop it in the mailbox. Where's the voter suppression in that? It's easy. It's reachable. It's convenient. You don't need a day off. There's no obstacles. You know, there should be hotlines and like information lines if you want to help, you know, get feedback. I understand what you're voting or other support lines, but it should not be this, this difficult. Sorry, that's my view. And cheers to Laura Ingraham, who says, why do Democrats loathe their country? But the problem is, is that Fox News didn't give it enough time at the story. It only gave it a minute. And she didn't ask a Democrat. She asked Marco Rubio, who's a Republican from Florida. So Ingraham Engel, great question. A very important question. Definitely needs to be asked. But if you're asking a Republican, then you're kind of just you know, asking your colleagues, you're not going to get the real answer because he doesn't know more than you do, more than any Republican would know. So you got to ask Nancy Pelosi, you got to ask a long-term Dem, you got to, you know, not ask another Republican. This is the single greatest nation that's ever existed in the history of the world, the single greatest force for good in human history, Marco Rubio. I don't understand how there can be people that have grown up in this country, benefited from the country and have so much self-loathing for the uniqueness of the country. You know, I hear the language, steady, sustainable growth. You know what that is? That is basically saying we're going to manage American decline. America is going to be a big country, but we're going to settle in and just be one of many nations around the world. We're going to follow the guidelines and the rule. I mean, he kind of went off topic to like America not being like a great country or something, but I like, I wish, I don't, maybe 
Laura Ingraham can bring up this again with a panel that's not just Republicans sitting there speculating, guessing, pulling things from the air because they don't know. But ask, ask Democrats, why do you loathe their country? I have the answer. So the only group that I'm aware of that loathes this country in terms of people that live here is the far left. The far right are wacky, but they love America. The Republicans love America. Central Dems love the America. Even somewhat moderate leftists love America, and then the far leftists don't. Nothing will ever be good enough for them. It's never enough. They're set in misery and often active sabotage to bring this country down. Why do they loathe America? Well, because it's not measuring up to their ideal of what they think America should be, regardless of all of the rest of us who live here. And all of our, all of our opinions are nothing. They have decided their idealism. They circulate in their own galaxy. They're often miserable. And I think they should, I think Congress should pass some sort of laws to give them a pass to leave and go live in a socialist country. And not come back unless they absolutely decide, you know what, no, we, we actually had it pretty good. And yeah, or they can say, no, thank God we're out. We love living in Sweden. We love living in Canada. It's so much better. Well, then where's the lose in that? They're happy. Everybody's happy. Can that actually be put forth <laughs> as a, a thing in a bill? Because they're no, they don't help the central Dems in any way. And they're not happy and they don't love America for the most part. And so, yes, this area, this, this, this segment of Democrats that loathe their country is real. Laura is right about that. However, it is a fringe and it is the far left and it's not the majority of us. <coughs> we just, as I've talked about in the last few episodes, we have different love languages, like love languages, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, um, you know, all of these ways that the human being expresses love or has their love needs met. Typically with Republicans, it's acts of service, like military service. Words of affirmation is huge with um, patriotic songs, you know, uh, saluting to the flag, <coughs> um, hand over the heart, national anthem, um, symbolic flags, 4th of July, USA, USA, and all these, you know, these are all words of affirmation, songs, whatever, marches, parades. These are words of affirmation, which is a love language. And Democrats, so that's typically Republicans. Democrats' acts of service sometimes include the military, but mostly include the hard work to progress the country to benefit the majority of the country. Um, in, in endless ways. That is our main love language, is acts of service. We fail and falter in the words of affirmation, um, partially because we don't want to be too, become too self-satisfied with we love America, we love America, we love America, to curb the urge to progress it and continually make it better, more just, and enfranchised for all. I don't know if that's a rational fear, but that is my belief of why Dems aren't more 
into the words of affirmation. Because typically Republicans are conservative and therefore not as much interested in progressing, typically more interested in the status quo. So they wouldn't have that anxiety come up if they say, I love America, I love America, as if it's all good and nothing needs to change. From a Democrat's view, so much needs to change, but we also love America too. So it's harder to say it and not get misconstrued in the context of, but there's a lot of work to do. So we may have to say we love America, but there's a lot of work to do every single time. I don't know. I think that would go a long way, actually, because it's just like a human relationship. Some people need to hear the words, I love you. You could do all the acts of service you want. You could work hard. You could be a provider. You could supply. But if you don't say, I love you, there's just something missing there. And I do think that this translates into love of country, and I do think it translates into politics. I don't think my Dems do a good enough job at the words of affirmation, and we can. Words are cheap. It doesn't cost anything. We could do it. It may be a little awkward at first, but we could do it. And I think it would be very well received by the Republicans as a unity marker. And, and explaining, and this is why we love America so much. We do all this work and progression and effort and draft bills and want to improve things because we do love it here, not because we hate it here. But we do love it here, but we, we don't want to get too self-satisfied. We want to continue to the, the progress to make it better and better and better, just like you'd have a house and you want to put a sunroom on and you want to add another level and you want to redo the bathroom and there's work to be done and progress to be made, you know? So that's kind of the best way I can describe it. It's pretty relatable. You love the house you live in, you want to improve it. You love the land you live in, you want to improve it. You want to make it better. Now, sometimes the plans are drawn up and there needs modifications with the architect. And the engineers have to do changes because we thought we were going to do this. That didn't really work, like defund the police. So now we have to go back to the drafting board and like redo another section of that closet. <laughs> that Melania's closet has to be redone. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Okay, so maybe now that clears it up. The only people that don't love America are the far left. I would like them to go. They would also like to leave. So let's make it all happen. Okay. Hunter Biden, do I want to talk about this? <sighs> Washington Examiner, Hunter Biden computer repairman tells rails against FBI's blatant double standard, Andrew Kerr. The Delaware computer repair shop owner who provided Hunter Bonham's abandoned laptop to the FBI railed against law enforcement agency for its blatant double standard following its raid against former President Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. My family and I have witnessed the bias of the FBI going back as far as 2019 October when they refused to touch Hunter Biden's laptop with a 10-foot pole until finally in December they came and took it, John Paul Mac Isaac told Fox & Friends. Thursday morning, even then they seemed reluctant. A whistleblower on the left gets an anonymity and gets to have their person remain intact. And I blew a whistle and had to flee the state with death threats, Mark Isaac added. So I've definitely, definitely witnessed a double standard here. 
Hunter Biden is under federal investigation for alleged tax and foreign lobby violations, was pictured joining his father, President Joe Biden, on Air Force One on Wednesday for a flight in South Carolina for a family vacation. Mac Isaac and Hunter Biden's appearance with his father goes to show it's beyond reproach. Last I checked, doing drugs is bad. Sex trafficking across multiple state lines is bad, Mac Isaac said. There's been a plethora of criminal activity that's gone off that laptop, and FBI has been in possession of that laptop since December 9th, 2019. The son of the president of the U.S. continues to wave from the balcony of the White House. He continues to fly in Air Force One. He's beyond reproach, adding that apparently there are people in the law. I think if your last name is Biden or even Pelosi, you get to afford that opportunity. The FBI carried out a search warrant at a former Donald Trump resident Mar-a-Lago. The uh, Department of Justice FBI remained light-tipped about the purpose of light-lipped, tight-lipped about the purpose of the raid. But numerous news outlets have reported the search was related to box of materials Donald Trump back to Florida resort after leaving office. Trump, Trump Republican lawmakers accused FBI of engaging in double standard with handling Hunter Biden and, and Hunter Biden and moving its trade. Raid Trump's home in Florida. The raid of Mar-a-Lago is another escalation and weaponization of federal agencies against regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Ford, Ron DeSantos tweeted. Now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield its adversaries, Banana Republic. <laughs> well, against the upper rich, which probably would be you, Ron. Um, yeah, I don't like the double standard. I don't. Hunter Biden's a troubled person. Let's be clear. He's a troubled soul. Um, yeah, he shouldn't be treated with kids' gloves. Um, I don't know. Were, were Trump's kids treated with kids' gloves? Is it universal? I'm just saying, if the Republicans are going to come for Hunter, I mean, were the Trump kids immune from certain things too? There was quite a lot of business dealings going around, quite a lot of mutual interests that might be, you know, um, vested interests or conflict of interest, I believe, with business deals. I don't know. I think it's kind of universal. But yeah, wrong is wrong. And he shouldn't have had that laptop cavalierly uh, left at the repairman, I guess. He had concealed it. I guess I don't. I don't know, and I don't fully care, honestly, about Hunter Biden. I just think it's 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 you know it's a a bone the Republicans can chew on and gnaw and growl and okay, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's boring. It's a boring storyline. I just don't care about Hunter Biden's problems. Like, I hope he gets better. I hope he can manage his money and pay his taxes and get the help he needs. But I'm just I don't have a lot of interest. I just don't see what the the grab is other than vindictive retaliation toward the Trump children. And, you know, a lot of them stepped into things that they really shouldn't have. What about Trump? Are we finally down to it? Good Lord. This is a lot. So, you know, my theory about it is I think Trump staged the whole thing. I totally believe he did. I am convinced every time. My first clue, as I said last few episodes ago, was who has a safe and nothing in it? It's a big, big safe. Who has a safe and nothing in it? So that was my first clue. I was like, that just doesn't make sense. Have a pair of earrings or something in there, but nothing in there? Like it was swept clean before the FBI rove? That was clue number one. Clue number two was apparently this has been known for months and months 
that this was potentially going to happen. So with that, I've given Trump a lot of time to flush things down the toilet, remove boxes, clean out the safe, all this stuff way, way before any type of raid would have ever happened potentially, right? Also because it was unprecedented, there hasn't been a raid of, a, of an ex-president ever. So did the FBI rush in day one? No, they waited. Apparently they did subpoena. We're going to get to it. They've done these cautious maneuvers and steps and finally was like absolutely had to go in when it was dealing with any type of nuclear codes or threat or specifically nuclear documents. And we may be going to World War Three with China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. So, you know, any type of thing like that, yeah, you know, it... <sighs> If he was just stalling out with the boxes, not returning the boxes, and then finally it just got escalated because of the tensions with these autocrats around, um, you know, and Nancy's visit and everything, then, you know, I can imagine that he would want to control the narrative. He would want to play the victim. He would want to galvanize his base. He would want to control when the FBI would actually raid his house and what they would find. And I believe he did do that. And I believe he himself either used a voice machine to tip off the FBI themselves, or he had someone that he knew very well would tip off the FBI by his order to see if they would do it as a loyalty test. And I believe he was in Trump Tower the entire time in New York, very well aware of this, watching from his office and all the cameras that Eric Trump had down in, you know, Florida, because Eric was in Florida on the phone, conducting the actual, you know, on-site monitoring of the FBI, his son, and the cameras were rolling and the surveillance and the FBI requested surveillance be shut down. Eric Trump said, absolutely not. Well, who do you think was watching in Trump Tower in New York? Donald. Watching it all unfold. Watching it all. I truly believe this. Now, do I approve? No. Does it make sense to me why Donald would want to do something like this? Yes. Garner sympathy. Galvanize his base try to deflect onto Biden, try to breathe life into the, you know, the, the Republicans don't have any other viable candidate but Trump. And most of them don't even want him. So creating this brouhaha of a legitimate reconnaissance mission of the FBI to retrieve stolen documents, classified or unclassified, retrieve stolen documents of a st- of a, stolen from the White House, stolen from the archives, you know, that potentially could have nuclear information as we could very well be going to war very soon. Yeah, go to the house and take them. A hundred percent. And most Americans agree that the FBI made the right call. But it wasn't just some sort of like sneaking in the night like the Republicans want to portray it. This was a long drawn out drama. And I think Trump is the orchestrator behind all of it. And I think Michael Moore is right that Trump is a mastermind on this type of stuff. I don't think there's one step that he hasn't thought of 10 times down the line. I think he's holding secret files in those nukes that he may very well be in possession of to negotiate some sort of immunity deal with the FBI whenever, when the heat really comes down, possibly to a lighter prison sentence or something else to work a deal. You know, he's a deal. It's all about the art of the deal. The art of the deal with the FBI to reduce a sentence. Would he do it? Yes, he would do it. He would do it. Yeah, far-fetched. You know, we've seen a lot of behavior from Donald. I don't think I'm too offbeat here. 
Now, I don't know who it was or if it was Donald himself or if you had a family member, but this is very well in step with what Donald definitely could do to negotiate his own reduced punishment since he's, he knows something's going to come. It's just what, when, how, and if he can control part of it, then he makes him feel like he's in more control, right? So I think that that specific raid was not unplanned, as he may think. I think he signaled it. He was prepared for it, and he's acting the fool, and he's acting the victim, and his base just plays into all of it. Now, most people would be like, who would spend the time to concoct something like that? I mean, someone who is a narcissist who has this level of attention-seeking behavior to want to be relevant, who doesn't really know what the next chapter is in store for himself. I don't think he really believes he's going to be president, but maybe. Maybe this is this delusional infusion to give him some sort of, you know, narcissistic kick, perhaps. But I think it's also more practical in negotiating if he has secret files in Trump Tower now or wherever they are at, you know, to leverage our own FBI, of which he picked these FBI. This is his FBI that he picked from his administration. Everybody wants to make sure it's like the Biden FBI administration is not. Christopher Ray and his crew are all from Trump era. Are you kidding me with this? Yes, he would do this. You know, um, I just say that there's no question that whatever happens to Trump, he's a galvanizing force. And I think he would be better positioned to just be the vocal representative of the Republican Party for veteran advocacy. If he can, if he can redeem himself, I don't mean like full redemption. I mean, just like, you're going to be here. What can you do with your energy and time? Maybe help the vets even more because he was good at that in his presidency where typically most Republican presidents or most Republican leaders um, only appreciate the vets when they're actively serving. And once they're done, bye-bye. No need for you. We won't even vote for health care. Oh, <laughs> we have to now. You made us vote twice. That's the Senate from the PACT Act. So about the burn victims. So my point is, like, Trump, I think, could be positioned to be the voice of advocacy for the Republican Party for the veterans and make that his legacy rather than these wild stunts to throw people off, to keep people talking. It keeps people talking. And by the way, he has the warrant right now. He could reveal it all right now. Why, why do you think he's not? Why do you think he's not? Because his lawyer says no. He's not because it keeps people talking, keeps the focus. He could, he could relay, right? he could show the copy right now to all of us of the search warrant. And he's deliberately not doing that. Why? Of course, attention, speculation. I mean, this is in his playbook. So I'm not the only one who thinks this. Michael Cohen says he would not be surprised if FBI informant was one of Trump's Trump's kids or Jared Kushner. Business insider, Natalie Muscemi. Michael Cohen suspects a possible informant involved in in Mar-a-Lago's raid as Trump's inner circle. I wouldn't be surprised to find out if Jared or one of his children, Cohen Uh, If it was him, who else would know about the existence of the safe and the specific contents kept inside? Exactly. The safe was my first clue, too. Okay. 
Donald Trump's ex-personal attorney, fixer Michael Cohen, says back to that possible informant involved FBI raid on former uh, President Mar-a-Lago estate and one of his own kids or son-in-law. Definitely a member of his inner circle. I would not be surprised if it's Jared or his kids. Who else would know about the safe? We already talked about that. Um, everyone was asked to leave the premises. They wanted to be left alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking or hoping, not planting. That's the FBI that is. Trump wrote on the social media app, Truth Social, while he watched, I think, from the tower the entire time. That's not proven, but that's what I think. Sources told ABC News that FBI raid was related to 15 boxes of documents. Previously, had 10 more before that. Okay. Um, okay. Michael Cohen didn't really have anything else to say on that one. Trump did receive a subpoena ahead of the FBI search. So there was some debate that why didn't he just have a subpoena? Why why the raid? Why not going through a subpoena process? New York Times. Garland moved to release details of FBI search. Wait, this is not the article. Hold on, let me, that's the next one. That is not the article. Why is it doing that? There did the picture. What is going on here? Keeps going to the wrong. Oh, that's the next one. Okay, well, it's retitling it. I don't know why. This one said he has. Okay. Garland moves to release details on FBI search at Trump's house, New York Times. Glenn Thrush, Maggie Haber, and Ben Protest. Attorney General Margaret Garland moved on Thursday to make public the legal authorization for FBI search of former Donald Trump's home in Florida. I'm going to skim and just get to the subpoena part. Ms. Garland said he had personally, Mr. Garland said he had personally approved of the search after the failure of less intrusive attempts to retrieve material taken from the White House by Mr. Trump. Mr. Garland provided no details, but the pre- person briefed on the matters that investigators have been concerned about material with called government special access programs a designation even more classified than top secret. That is typically reserved for extreme sensitive operations carried out by the U.S. abroad or held technologies or capabilities. They had good reason to go in there. Government officials have expressed concern that allowing highly classified material to remain at his home could have leave them vulnerable to efforts by foreign adversaries exactly to require them. Exactly. Clip two-minute statement to reporters at the Justice Department headquarters. Mr. Garland said he had decided to break the silence to make a public statement because Mr. Trump had disclosed the action himself. Attorney General cited surrounding circumstances. Mr. Garland also used a brief appearance to defend implicitly the Justice Department's handling of the case involved torrent criticism. Let's talk about the subpoena, please. I mean, months before FBI arrived at Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump had received subpoena this spring in search of documents that federal investigators believe he had been failed to turn over this year and earlier this year when he returned 15 boxes. Existence of the subpoena helps to flesh out a sequence of events that led to the search, and it suggests that the Justice Department tried methods of short search warrant to account 
short of a short tried methods short of a search warrant to account for material before taking the politically explosive step of sending FBI in, agents in unannounced. Mr. Garland did not address the subpoena during his appearance on Thursday, but said, where possible, it stands practice to seek less intrusive means. They're being a little bit shady about the subpoena. Um, two people briefed on the classified documents that investigators believe remain at Mar-a-Lago indicated they were so sensitive and related to national security that the Justice Department had to act. I believe that. Why would he take the dumb stuff? He would take the new codes and all the other stuff and the military drills and everything else. Of course. The existence of subpoenas being used by allies of Mr. Trump to make a case of former president's team were cooperating with the department in identifying returning documents and question that a search was unjustified. Not if it's super dire to the safety of this country. Who loves America now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just more detail about the actual raid. But, I mean, they had a subpoena. They tried. It wasn't just instant raid. They've been working for months. And then, obviously, what tipped it over was serious intel about what? Nuclear issues regarding our enemies, most likely, or our military capabilities that we wouldn't have wanted to have fallen into some of the people that stay at Mar-a-Lago's home, you know, at the house, like Russian dignitaries and other peeps. And then, I don't know, FBI building attacked in Cincinnati. I mean, right. Obviously, a Trump loyalist, you know, attempted to attack an FBI building was shot. That's terrible. FBI sought nuclear documents in search of Trump's home. Trump ally said he declassified Mar-a-Lago documents. Experts say it's unclear if that'll hold up. So apparently you have to have on every single part of the page in specific places, classified or unclassified. You can't have blank pages. You can't have pages that say classified when they've been declassified. The verbal doesn't equate the actual. It all has to be documented and has to be clear and up to date and changed. That's a lot of boxes. Originally 25, then, you know, 10 were returned, 15 still there. You know, probably all of his aides didn't go through and stamp every single page or re-update every single page. So if he's, you know, relying and the lawyer's relying on, well, he declassified it, so it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not an issue of national security. See, where's the proof in that? You have to have it documented on the documents. Did his whole team rapid fire do that? No. Very unlikely. So that argument's out. So this was nice to see some of the Republicans actually standing with a lot of the Democrats here and going, yeah, they had every right. Fox's Steve Ducey confronts Skelius over attacks on FBI. Whatever happened to the Republican Party back in the blue? Natalie Korach. 
Representative Steve Scalise, a, rep- a Republican of Louisiana, joined Fox and Friends on Thursday, where anchor Steve Ducey pressed the congressman about attacks directed toward law enforcement following the FBI raid at formal Donald Trump Samar Lago state. This is the mob they have to deal with forever and ever because January 6th is never going back to the days before. They have the mob. They have to deal with it. On Monday evening, Trump's South Florida home was raided by FBI. The search was reported concerned classified documents taken from the White House. Since then, Trump supporters and media have lambasted FBI and DOJ that has been a significant increase in violent threats against law enforcement. FBI Director Christopher Wray was appointed to the position by Trump in 2017. By Trump, by the way. Condemned the threats as having increased the result of Mar-a-Lago search. On Tuesday, Dosey said the threats were being received by law enforcement, saying there are a number of people online elsewhere who are demonizing FBI. Fox News anchor mentioned Republican politicians have spoken out against the FBI since the raid, including Paul Gozer, Republican Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, we must destroy the FBI, claiming that Trump is being unjustly targeted. So that's it, Marjorie? You're going to destroy the FBI? Are you kidding me? Gosh, she's incompetent. Green took to Twitter as usually for call and action support of Trump arguing America needs to defund the FBI. Cute. You thought of that yourself? Uh, do you see questions, Scalise, saying, I'm just curious, whatever happened to the Republican Party backing the blue? The congressman re- replied, claiming that the Republican Party is generally a strong supporter of law enforcement. However, it concerns everyone if you see someone agents go rogue, added the FBI doesn't have the right checks and balances at the top. Well, we just don't know all the details about the damn warrant that Trump has that he could release that he's choosing not to. So if you want to be frustrated and overreach on your criticism, FBI, why don't you ask Trump to release the frickin warrant, Republicans, and clear it all up instead of speculating on what the FBI did or didn't rush into. Maybe if you knew what it was regarding, maybe if we all knew what it was regarding specifically from the warrant, then we wouldn't think the FBI was being rash. Okay, and you would have the blue. Okay. Scalise stuck the question by pushing for full investigation. It's, it's not even just release the damn warrant. What, what full investigation? Just release it. He has it. FBI director makes first public comment on the on census. Christopher Ray busy person. Washington Examiner, FBI director makes first public comments since a raid on Trump's home. Danielle Shelton, FBI director for Christopher Wray, refused to address questions Wednesday about FBI raid of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, conducted this week, but did denounce deplorable threats against law enforcement as first public comments. Reporters pressed Ray about the Monday, which is reported tied to investigation into whether Trump took classified materials from White House after he left office during a visit to the FBI field office in Omaha, Nebraska, as Republicans in Congress have demanded Ray and Attorney General Merrick Garland speak out or even be removed from their positions. Trump raised prospects of agents planting evidence. Asked to respond to Trump's suggestion, Ray declined to jump into the fray. As you sure I can appreciate, that's not something I can talk about, he said. Ray then deferred the question to the DOJ. Both DOJ and FBI have so far declined to comment publicly about the raid. Ray's refusal to comment on behalf of the Bureau is unlikely to placate GOP lawmakers clamoring for an explanation. And warning the silence will hurt public trust in the FBI. That that part's true. If Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray do not make public statements today explaining to American people exactly what happened at Mar-a-Lago, they'll have lost what little public trust they may have had and long long deserved to remain in office. Rick Scott. Judge Hawley was less patient. At minimum, Garland must resign or be impeached. The search warrant must be published. Christopher Wray must be removed. The FBI reform, top to bottom. That's a little extreme, Josh.
Ray did speak to the another facet of the question brought by the reporter. Who noted, what if the warrant says suspected nuclear information from the Chinese Communist Party? I'm just putting it out there, Republicans. What if that search warrant, once we hear it, we haven't heard it yet. Trump has it. He's not released it. He could. He's not. What if that says, you know, suspected Russian and Communist Party nuclear <laughs> codes, plans, military drills, whatever, you know, must seize. Would you then feel more confident that the FBI had justification to do this? I sure would. Do you think maybe that is probably what is in there? And maybe that is why Trump is not being forthcoming? Perhaps. Speculation, but perhaps. Um, okay. I just think we can't prejudge it until we see it. And yes, we want to see it, and people are still rushing to conclusions, but... It's fine to speculate, but leave a little room for the benefit of the doubt, America. Trump responds to Merrick Garland fumes the FBI agents left Melania's closet a mess. Well, they're not going to fold her panties and underwear and bras and, and coats. I mean, they're, it's a raid, Donald, honestly. That, you know, they didn't fold her sweaters when they left is okay. Heaven's sakes. But you see the narcissism even there. Insiders say Trump is panicked as Kush and Melania point to his possible moles in the FBI raid. I mean, Trump is free to release a Mar-a-Lago search warrant to back up his accusations against the FBI, but is choosing not to. Because of course, because of course, he can control the narrative. That's what he wants to do. He wants to keep people talking, guessing, speculation. This is a classic Trump move, folks. Trump beat reported to have him trying to years to get inside the members-only Mar-a-Lago club. Oh, I don't want to go through the whole thing. Trump's lawyer gives bizarre answer on why the former president won't show the Mar-a-Lago search warrant. Decorum. That lit? He has like the worst attorney. <laughs> She's terrible. Are you kidding me with that? That's not a reason. Why the ball is in Trump's court for FBI search warrants? Despite his frequent criticism, FBI execution search warrants Florida residents, Donald Trump could not opt to let federal prosecutors unseal the document. Could opt not to let the federal prosecutors unseal the document. Trump's baseless bashed Obama anytime he can, right? Anytime for transferring records from the White House to Chicago. Here's why Obama was allowed while Trump was under scrutiny by FBI. Trump's baseless bashed Obama for uh, transferring records from the White House to Chicago. Here's why Obama was allowed and Trump under scrutiny. Trump beat reporters. Okay, so why was Obama allowed? Not that I need reassuring, but listeners might need it. Business Insider. <sighs> Obama was able to do so because it was processed through the National Archives, which owns the records. Okay, so essentially Obama did the right thing and went through the right proper channels and didn't just take off with a bunch of boxes, for heaven's sake.
Tens of thousands of Obama's documents were transported to Chicago, but these items were shipped to a federal government facility. Exactly the thing that's supposed to happen when presidents records. Federal law requires presidents and the administration keep a detailed collection of emails, documents, gifts from their time in office, since all those things are actually the property of the American people. In Obama's case, the National Archives took legal ownership of Obama's documents and then began the long process of sorting through material before the public could request it years later. Some of this material was then turned over to Obama's presidential library, which is, again, the, the process that's supposed to happen. So Obama followed the rules and Trump didn't, but Trump wants to throw, you know, his Obama hatred out as some sort of, you know, false equivalency of his behavior. He also was doing that with um, the Watergate analogy. He's trying to play a victim. He's trying to say Watergate regarding the analogy of the FBI. Okay, Watergate was a break-in illegally from the Republican Party. No judge signed anything to allow the break-in. <laughs> It was just going rogue, uh, far right. What was the word I used? Um, radicalized, far right Republicans that decided on their own to break into Democratic headquarters and that hence Watergate, actually a bin to Watergate. It's a very nice hotel and the restaurant's really nice. I historically sat there. I was like, wow, this is the place. Good views too. Um, yeah, false equivalency yet again. If you're going to make an equivalency, it has to match up on everything. It has to be like, well, it's just like that. It's not just like that. There was no judge that signed for the Republican Party to break into the Democratic headquarters and rifle through things and steal. See the pattern there? Rifle through things, steal, not go through the proper channels, not go through the proper processes, not have proper security. You know, where are those documents that have the nukes information? Probably on China and Russia and Korea and Iran, for all we know. Republicans told to quiet their attacks on the FBI because the info on Trump could be damaging. I don't think that's going to make them behave, but thanks. He has, he has radicalized far-right extremists that cannot be controllable. Graham bails on scheduled Fulton County court appearance. Now, why would he do that? Why would Lindsey Graham reschedule, go all the, through the time, and then just be a no-show? I think as he's caught up in this Trump, wa Trump wake, you know, Lindsey is a sometimes friend to Trump, sometimes enemy. And he's got to stop doing that dance. Summer Conception. This is by Talking Points Memo. He was subpoenaed. He squashed it by rescheduling and didn't show. Graham must testify before a grand jury in Willis's investigation. The grand jury wants to hear from Graham because of the calls he made to George Secretary of State Brad Rasberger. Republican refused to do Trump's bidding of overturning the election results. At least one of the calls, Graham allegedly asked Ravenberger to toss out some legally cast ballots. Calls were cited in subpoena Willis sent to Graham. The grand jury was subpoenaed several members of Trump's legal team, including Rudy Giuliani and Ken Chesborough. In addition, Graham Willis issued a subpoena into June Rep. Judy 
Jody Heiss, Republican of Georgia, who was among the Trump allies who attempted to decertify Biden's electoral victory on January 6th. Heiss filed a motion to squash the subpoena shortly after receiving the subpoena. So Lindsay, you know, he knows shows he's dancing around the issue. He's got to pick a side. I think at this point, Lindsay, you can't keep trying to placate Trump and then also be a critic, you know, and yeah, Trump's followers are scary and you might be in personal, you might have to invest some money in your personal security detail 24 seven, but you cannot keep playing this. I think he didn't show because it was Trump related issue and he's afraid of his, he's afraid of the particular mob and good reason to, I mean, they, they attacked the FBI today, like they're out of control. For sure. But they're a force to be reckoned with. They're not going anywhere. And this is what the Republican Party has to accept. That, you know, in part, they created this monster. And the, all of what comes with it, in part. And then January 6th solidified that. It doesn't ever go back to how it was. Okay. Did I cover everything? You have my theories about what I think. It's not substantiated. I'm not saying I have proof. I don't. I just kind of understand how Trump thinks in some ways. And I understand his motivations for why he thinks what he does. Um, Narcissism is very predictable. And a narcissist will do these kinds of outlandish things like call a raid on his own house and make it look like a, you know, invasion. Well planned out. And I'm sure he was watching those cameras roll from, from, from New York a feed into Marley. Do you not think that Trump has like a feed from all of his homes? Of course. <laughs> I can totally imagine he would do that. He probably saw it with his family sitting around eating popcorn, watching the very well orchestrated raid that he initiated, no doubt, through whoever this other leak was. That was probably a loyalty test. Okay, did I cover it all? You know, I just, here's the, here's my takeaway from this too. You know, the Republicans, for them, the ends justify the means. And sometimes for Dems too, the ends justify the means. But typically Republicans, the ends always justify the means because there's a huge segment of the Republican Party that feels above the law, both on a religious level because a lot of Christians and feel like their allegiance is to God, not the, you know, human world and not the government okay, but you still are in the human world and the government and there still are laws. And even if you feel you're above it and use God as your permission slip to act above and cite the Bible and whatnot, um, that reveals motive and attitude and the behavior behind a lot of this um, justification for bad behaviors because you don't think you're accountable to, you know, the law of the world here because you're above it. That's going to immediately be a conflict with evidence and logic and the rule of law, for example, that while acknowledges faith is allowed to be, it does not supersede, typically, unless the rule of law has changed, right? And that takes effort, and obviously that has happened in some ways um, in our Supreme Court, but, you know, I'm talking about the psychology behind the Republican Party of this, why this bizarre amount of outrage for something that really has to do with protecting the national security of America. Now, if you're so pro-military and you're Republicans and you want to safeguard this country and you don't want the Chinese Communist Party or the Russians or Kim Jong-un or, you know, Hezbollah or Ayatollah or anywhere, a number of other enemies that we have, you know, to jeopardize this country, to 
We don't want them to have the sensitive information of our military operations. And this is exactly what the FBI is targeting in this Trump raid. The only response should be one of, huh, well, let's see what the search says. It seems very rash. It seems very wild. And what does this, we can't make a judgment until we know. And, oh, it's about national security. It's about saving this country. Then, yeah, all the more reason to give more room of the, you know, the, um, the doubt to the FBI. Their, their job, the FBI and the CIA, are, their job is to protect this country and national security issues of this country. And they work very hard doing that. And I think basic respect needs to be reinstated ASAP from the Republican Party to the FBI. But good luck doing that with Trump's followers because they think they're above everything. And they'll come charging and guns blazing the FBI, even if it means they die. That's a conundrum you guys have to deal with now, Republicans. I hope you do. So we'll keep you posted. That's the latest on the Trump raid. We'll see what happens.